had a pocket in each side, and you could get a can of Coke in each of your side pockets. And I just used to walk, used to walk like this, Birmingham bags, and, and, and also I think I had... Probably in, this, in, that, in that picture, I think I had a set of cowboy boots on as well, with heels. I mean, I know I've been gifted with height, but I just occasionally just want to add just an extra inch to make myself six foot five. But here's, here's my passport. Here's my passport. And, and in here it says, and I love this. Do you know what? Every time, still to this day, I've now got one of the sort of red ones, but we're all going to get these bluey ones back. Do you know that? I'm old enough to have a new passport. And it says in here, and I love it, do you do, you do this? When you, when you get to an airport and there are those two channels, there's the one that says UK citizens and then there's the everyone else. Oh, can I just apologise if anyone, I just suddenly realised, if you're in anyone else, if you're a foreign national, we love you. We love you. <laughs> Sorry, just suddenly realised, could be highly offensive. People are leaving even now and not just because I've gone on too long. But anyway, there you are. You're walking up to the entrance, aren't you? And there are the signs above the, above the gates. There is foreign nationals. And then there is UK citizens. And, and I just find myself just walking just a little taller at that point as I approach the gate. And there is a, there is a member of the, of the border force or border guards or whatever they're called. And I, I have my passport in my hand. And it says this. It says these words. Her Britannic Majesty's Principal Secretary of State for Foreign and Commonwealth Affairs requests and requires in the name of Her Majesty all those whom it may concern to allow the bearer, Andrew Kenneth Eric Blythe, <laughs> to pass freely without let or hindrance, and to afford the bearer such assistance and protection as may be necessary. <laughs> and as you walk, as you walk up to, you can't help it. It's, it's, it's even better in other countries, actually. I, 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 when, I, when I approach French customs, Her Majesty the Queen commands that you let me pass without let or hindrance, Mr. French person. <laughs> I don't actually say those words because if you do, you get arrested and they also carry guns. So, but isn't it, isn't it great? There you are. I'm a citizen of this country. And, and it, do you know what? You, this is such a special thing, a British passport. That people, I mean, there's a truth, there's a sadness, isn't there? People's desire to get this passport. And of course, what's interesting about it is it brings with it rights, but it also brings with it responsibilities as well. Because, uh, because acknowledging the queen as the ruler, the, the, the one who reigns in this kingdom, means that, means that not only do I have the rights that come with the passport, I also have the responsibilities about law and about the, the way that I live. But I'm a citizen of another kingdom. And some of you know this. A lot of you know this, I think. And you know that the other kingdom that we're citizens of has far, far greater power than any human kingdom. It, it has the power of God in it. 
because I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. And over these weeks, we're walking with a guy called Mark. Mark, one of the gospel writers, one of the people who records for us Jesus' story, his life. And, and we've already seen that Mark is a really great tour guide because he just gets us straight in. We've seen that over the last couple of, couple of weeks already. If, you, if you've got a Bible to switch on or to grab one, there are some on the sides. Mark chapter 1 is, is where we've just been already traveling and where we're, where we're still traveling. Uh, Mark's already set us up in the very first verse of his gospel for the scale, the epic nature of the journey that we're on. He says, the beginning of the good news, the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus is the Christ. That means the anointed one. That means the the saviour of the world. And he's the Son of God. He's the Son of God. And, and walking with him, Mark's already helped us to understand, walking with Jesus is to walk down the centre line of history. I don't know, maybe you guys feel, I mean, I, I sometimes feel this, that, that the world would say that what we believe as Christians is kind of like a side act. You know, you, you Christians, and increasingly even now in our country, people trying to say, well, you can have your faith, it's, it's personal, private, but don't bring it into the public space because what you believe is kind of a side act to history. But Mark has already said, no, God's story is the centre line of human history. God creating God promising and speaking to his people and God saying, I've got a job for you in the Old Testament. He said, I've got a job. I want you to go and tell people about me and what it's like to live in relationship with me. Sadly, they they miss that. And then Jesus breaking in, Mark has said, is the way history gets divided up. If you guys are at school tomorrow or college or work or at the supermarket and you have even the slightest sense that that your story and your response to God is somehow like a a bit part on the the side stage of, of humanity and the universe and life, don't let yourself believe that. God is the center line of history and how you guys respond tonight is part of the centre line of history. Let's look at the, the, the words that Mark uh, uses. Mark 1, 14 and 15. We were reading this last week. We were having a look. If we can get those up on the screen, that's great. Mark 1, 14 and 15. After John was put in prison. Now, those words in English don't quite convey this, but it's basically uh, Mark saying there's a little chapter point there. So there's one thing that's happened, one set of things that happened, and now this is the time of something fresh. Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee. Sorry, after Jesus was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. He said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The time has come. As I was saying last week when I was speaking about this, it's not kind of like chronos time, which is the Greek word for time in terms of hours and minutes and seconds. It's, it's kairos 
time. It's a moment, a moment in time which is pregnant with possibilities and expectation. The kingdom of God is near. And and straight away, we get immediately front and square from our tour guide, Mark, that on this journey, it's not about believing stuff like an intellectual kind of idea. It's not not an idea in your head to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior. It's about a way of life. Because that word repent means the direction of your life, the way that you're walking, the way that you're traveling. The way that you're traveling. Repent and believe the good news. You'll meet people this week who will talk to you about your faith as if it was a kind of idea. Mm, I can't have that kind of way of looking at the world. I, I, I don't believe that idea that you have, that theory about there being a God. Well, our faith is not a theory. Our, our faith, our belief in the good news of Jesus Christ is the way that we travel through life. And here's my question. You'll be delighted to know I've got a fairly simple question. Which channel are you walking through? Because there's a choice. And it's not foreign nationals and UK citizens. The choice is followers of Jesus, not followers of Jesus. That's the choice. Are you you travelling through life as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? Or not. See, this is the center line of history. This action of God. And how we respond, how we travel, is not a bit part on the side. It is the heart of all things. And our guide is God himself. I mean, Mark will give us some clues. Mark will help us. Mark was inspired by the Holy Spirit in writing this. And and the Holy Spirit will inspire us as we follow the travel guide, as we see where the destination leads us. But it's God himself. It's the Holy Spirit. God with us now. Who's our guide on the journey If we go through the channel and keep traveling as followers of Jesus, the anointed one, the savior. Let's read on and just quickly see a couple of bits about what does this look like? So I'm just reading on now from, from uh, and we'll have the words up on the, uh, up on the screens as well. Just two little bits in chapter one of, of Mark, and we'll read them. The first is, is Jesus healing, healing um, at a, well, at Capernaum. 
they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, notice that in a moment, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Verse 29, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told Jesus about her. So he, he went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the, at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak, because they knew who he was. A pattern is set straight away. This kingdom that we're citizens of, that we walk in, has two definite, immediate features. The first is that it confronts and deals with evil. The second is that it brings healing and it brings wholeness. Jesus did this on the Sabbath because straight away he's in conflict with the religious authorities of his day. This kingdom is different to any human construct. Jesus uses a commanding voice. He speaks. It's a pattern throughout the gospel. He speaks to evil and it knows his authority and it leaves. And he heals with a touch. That's the pattern that we're going to see in this kingdom as we journey with Mark now, this kingdom can be confusing. This kingdom of heaven, we might think, why doesn't Mark just give us a really simple little how-to guide? Uh, how do you get into the kingdom about exactly where it is? And there's a sense in which the kingdom is both here and now, and it's also near, isn't it? It's, it's kind of not yet. What, what, what's going on there? Well, Jesus told a story, told a story, a parable just a little bit later on. I'm going to read it for you. Again, Jesus said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and it becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. Here's a, here's a picture to encourage us. Jesus doesn't say, I mean, these are parables. The kingdom of heaven is not exactly like a seed in the ground and growth. But, but Jesus gives us this picture. Having, having set out the pattern of, of defeating evil, 
and bringing wholeness and healing to people. He says the kingdom of heaven is like this. You can't make it happen. It's only God's power that can bring growth. That's the nature of the kingdom. It it can be hidden like a seed. You may not even be aware of its presence, but, but it grows inevitably. And if you're struggling, if you're, if you're kind of finding it difficult to think where God is and where is this kingdom that you're a citizen of, Jesus encourages us with this description of the kingdom. And like the mustard seed, which goes from the smallest into, into a great bush, Jesus also encourages us that, that the growth in the kingdom, the blessing in the kingdom is of such scale and such scope. You may or may not know that the people listening to Jesus when they heard that story the first time would have chuckled to themselves because they were aware of the Romans who were occupying at the the time, planting their crops to try and get stuff for themselves. And the mustard bushes used to grow in and around the crops. And actually, they were a weed. They used to almost take over the crops. And when Jesus said it's they're so big that the birds can, can, can sit in them, the, the, the chuckle would have been what the birds can then go and eat the seeds of the Roman occupiers. God's kingdom is greater than any power. And if you're here tonight and you're, you're just as I say, you're in the slightest bit, you're the slightest bit struggling. If, if your faith seems so small that you're worried it's even there, then Jesus wants to encourage you tonight. The guide, the comforter, the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, God with us now, wants to tell you that if you are walking as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, then God is at work in your life. And there is no power, no power that does not know the authority of Jesus Christ. For you, there will be no let or no hindrance as you travel following Jesus How do you get into this kingdom? Well, because God is love. Love is the key. Jesus commanded evil. And with love and compassion, he healed Simon's mother. You see, you can buy a British passport cost you, I I gather, about $12,000 on the black market, in case you're interested. No, I didn't say that. (laughs) But you cannot buy citizenship of the kingdom of God. You can only receive it as a gift. And God wants to give it. And I wonder if there's anyone here tonight. That kind of imagery of which channel are you going down has spoken to you. And God is, 
is knocking on the, the door of your heart. He's, he's knocking with love. He's not knocking with condemnation. Yeah, he'll, he'll turn your life around. I mean, if you're happy to carry on playing in Ryman's League Division 4 rather than being in the Premiership, you carry on. If you're happy in, with life in black and whites, and you, you're not bothered about life in full colour HD, you carry on. But God is knocking with love on the door of your heart. He wants to give you everything. He wants to give you the passports to the kingdom of heaven. To living with God in charge. That's what it means. God in charge. See, I just need to say to us as a church family to remember that yes, Jesus dealt with evil. Yes, Jesus healed. But first, he called for repentance. And we're not serving our friends and our families and our neighbours well if we only speak to them about soft, sentimental things and don't speak to them about the direction of their lives. So if you're here tonight, and there you are, those are the two channels. Citizen of heaven, follower of Jesus, or not. God is knocking gently on the door of your heart. The Bible says the commitment is this. It's nothing less than to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. When Harry and Meghan made their vows yesterday, they weren't being invited to make a contract with each other. They didn't say, I'll love you if. They said, I will love you when, better or worse, richer or poorer. I make a commitment to you that is forever. We know, sadly, in human marriages, things can go wrong. But in our commitment and our covenant with God, he is completely faithful to us, always. It's costly. Don't let me kid you into thinking it's all soft and fluffy and neat and easy. Don't let, me, don't let me agree with you if you want to say, why am I going through some tough stuff in my life, God? Because if you're really God and, and I'm a Christian and one of your followers, then it ought to be neat and tidy and easy. That's not true. Jesus came and brought a revolution to this world. He transformed this world. He brought the kingdom of God, the rule of God, which is greater than any other power and any other rule, and they nailed him to a cross. This is costly. This is everything. It demands your all. 
Did you notice that in those verses that I read earlier, they brought all the sick, all the evil-possessed ones. The whole town came. Mark wants us to know this is all-encompassing. A guy called Walter Brueggemann said, we are called to live in such a distinctive way that it invites people to reimagine their lives. The kingdom of God is not a geographic area. It is wherever God is recognised as king in people's hearts and lives. And so this is where I want to finish. That sermon yesterday was right. Bishop Curry was right when he said, there is power in love to show us how to live. Love's not a sentimental thing, but a way of life that makes a difference. Tomorrow, or maybe even this evening when you go home, you have the power, because God is with you, to live as a citizen of the kingdom of God and to express And through the grace of God, the blessing of God, the calling of God to express kingdom rule in that place. At work tomorrow, you have the power given to you by God to to be kingdom in your workplace Tomorrow at the supermarket, when you queue up and you speak to the person on the checkout, you have the power to be a citizen of the kingdom of God and to bring the kingdom into a reality in that place. Jesus prayed first and foremost. Then he healed and he confronted evil. But most of all, he shared good news and called people to repentance and said there are two ways to live. As you approach the channels, you've got your passport potentially in your hand. Do you go down the roots of the kingdom of God? Or do you go with the others? The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. But it's not a dominion established by power or violence, but by essence and nature, by love. God can't show you that he loves you any more than he already has. He died on the cross for you and for me. He extends a hand and says, will you walk? Will you walk, Andrew? Will you walk as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? God in his right place. God ruling over your life, your decisions, 
your choices, your hopes, your dreams, right to the very end when heaven comes fully. It's hard work living in the in-between. It's a struggle living in-between. That's the reality. But just like that mustard seed growing, the kingdom is coming. If you're able to, do you want to stand? So why don't you just uh, why don't you just help and be a blessing to each other, please, for a moment? Just by we're not going to carry on too much longer, but this is part of our part of our worship. If you could just close your eyes just a moment, because I'm going to ask a ask a question. It's a question about about citizenship. It, it's a question about whether or not there are people here who tonight want to say yes. I want to become a, a citizen of the kingdom of God. Yes. I want to follow Jesus. So why don't you help each other by closing your eyes, please? Because we don't want to, uh, we don't want to expose people in a wrong kind of way. You've, you've heard what I have tried to say to you about the, the cost and the reality. This is not fluffy love. This is real life. And Jesus says, I am the saviour. I am Jesus Christ. And I stand and I knock. And it's your choice if you want to come into the kingdom and walk with me. So I'm going to pray a prayer that you can join in with if you want to. And then I'm going to invite you, if you want to say yes, tonight is the night I want to say that I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm going to invite you just to put your hand up so I can see. So join with me if you want to pray a prayer now about this. Jesus Christ, I recognise that you are God. I declare to you now that I am sorry for the things that I have done which cause a barrier between me and you. I repent and I turn to you and I ask for your forgiveness and I ask you Holy Spirit to come now and fill my heart with the love of God so that I can walk as a citizen of the kingdom of God from now on in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the, 
first time or you have a sense that you've prayed it in a serious way tonight that you haven't before, would you just pop your hand up? Others will keep their eyes closed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just do put your hands down. Those, those four people who I saw hands there, I'm just going to pray for you now very specifically. In Jesus' name, I thank you that you have been given a passport to the kingdom of God. I thank you that you are citizens of heaven. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will come now and fill you with such love. The power of God fill your heart. And I pray now, Jesus, you will reveal to those four people who they can dare to share this news with, who they can speak to in the next few minutes and say, I put my hand up. I prayed. I love God. Will you pray for me and help me in my journey ahead? Those four people, I'd love you to do that. Find somebody that you trust. You can come and speak to me or anyone who's been leading tonight, Tim, if you want to. But find someone, because you have just done something amazing. Let's just give a round of applause to those four people. Okay, okay, so here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. An opportunity for some of us just to come and receive some prayer. We've kind of been, uh, we've been exercising dual nationality. You were waiting for me to say that. We've been exercising dual nationality. We've had a passport for earth and a passport for heaven. And we've kind of kept held of the passport for earth bit and kind of occasionally just take it out our pocket. And here's a moment now to say, no, I only want to walk with the passport of Jesus Christ as a citizen of heaven. And I'm going to ask somebody to just come and pray with me now that I will walk with confidence. Maybe you've been struggling in this in-between time, the now and the not yet of God's rule. Maybe you've been wondering and it's been hidden, so hidden, you've doubted that it's growing and that it's happening. But it is. And you just want to say, yes, I want to walk all out to use my analogy again, I feel I'm using it deliberately. I'm, I want to be in the Premiership, not in the Ryman's League. I want to see life in full colour, not just black and white. If that's you, be bold. Just come to the front right now. Come on. Come just right to the front. That's great. There's some people coming. Just come and we'll pray for you. Just really, let's, let's say yes to God. That's it. That's it. Just come and stand at the front. Would people just come and pray with these people quickly so that others feel confident to come? Just come now. You just Something's been stirring in you as I've been speaking. You know, God's just been knocking and saying, I want a full citizen. That's great. Let's have some people come and pray, please. That's great. Just keep coming. Let God be God. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. That's great. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please be brave to come. Yeah, here's a moment. I just want to step out and say, all out for Jesus. All out for Jesus. Thank you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. A few more people to pray would be great. A woman over here would be great. 
thank you. Got a guy here. That would be great to my left. Still time to come. And if you were maybe one of those people who put your hand up, you might want to come just as part of the, the crowd. That's great. I know there's a few more people thinking about coming. Go on. Why not? Just say yes. I want to step out as a citizen of the kingdom of God tonight. And maybe you want to just ask for prayer for where you're going to be tomorrow or tonight, for your family, for God's kingdom to come in your workplace, in your family, in your friendships. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And I think I sense there are some people who know each other well enough to, to pray with the people around them, the person beside them, about being a citizen of heaven and, and God's kingdom coming, God's right rule coming in your school, in your workplace, in your family. Just pray for each other where you are. Holy Spirit is here. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just be brave and bold to turn to someone beside you. If you want to just say, would you pray for me? Doesn't feel very kingdom at the moment where I am, where I work. I'm struggling to be a citizen of heaven in this area of my life. Thank you, Jesus.